Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. So tonight we are done with Deeper. Say goodbye to Deeper and hello to Renewing the Mind. Amen. Now, Renewing the Mind is one of my favorite um, topics of preaching on. I'm actually, I really wait for the moment to teach on it again. And so it's been, I think, two years. Who of you guys remembered the axe and the hammer, the electric fence? Right, that was the last time we did Renewing the Mind. Um, oh, Scripture speaks to Scripture, so um, some of these elements keep on surfacing in different sermon series as well. But we're going to go for Renewing the Mind, part one. It's going to connect into prayer. But for tonight, one thing, understanding strongholds. Okay, Who's heard about spiritual warfare? Okay. There is such a thing as spiritual warfare where if you don't learn to fight through prayer and to conquer, then you will be conquered. In fact, at that moment, if truly assessed, you realize I am conquered. All right? You either have a prayer life where you are moving forward or you have been taken and you don't know it. Amen. Sometimes people realize, hey, I've been taken when they get down in the dumps and they are all alone. Then they realize what went wrong. It's been a time over and over where the enemy has come and taken over parts of your life and your thoughts. And it leads you to a place where you cannot understand how you ended there. That's where we are moving tonight, where we are starting. Understanding strongholds. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. There is no other name given by which man can be saved. It is on that name, on that rock, that this church is founded and will continue to grow in this town. Jesus, your name is sweet and powerful. It is at your name where demons and forces and strongholds tremble and are shaken to the core. We lift your name higher than any other name and any other thing in this town. There is none pleasure greater than knowing you. There is nothing more devastating. There's no place more alone than being away from you, even if amongst many people. Holy Spirit, come and be with us tonight. Lead us, teach us, and guide us. Amen. Awesome. Let's do this. Why is it important for believers to wash themselves with the Word of God continually? I'm going to get back to it at the end. I'm telling you, you need to be in the Word of God daily if you want to be a believer that becomes victorious spiritually. All right? You need to be in God's Word daily, and you need to be in prayer daily. 
Okay, I'm just going to start like that and we'll finish with that. Just keep that thought. But why? So, lees your Bible bid elke dag. Hoekom? Is het omdat jy rechtmerkie kan kry? Yes, jy het nou gewaas, jy is a goeie mens. Okay, why, why, why? We'll get back to that at the end. If you search the word stronghold, in most, most dictionaries you'll get a double-edged approach. So they'll, they'll give you both. All right, so... Here's one from the Merriam-Webster. It says, an area where most people have the same beliefs. A stronghold. Can you believe that? Values. An area dominated by a particular group. So say, for instance, you've got uh, a political group that totally, they're in charge of a town. You could say that's a stronghold for the DA, or it's a stronghold. Okay, are you with me? So it can be something non-physical, a, a belief centered together, creating unity. Um, then something more spirit, uh, physical, a protected place where the members of a military group stay and can defend themselves against attacks. There's another dictionary. Um, they start with the physical explanation. The definition of a stronghold is a place that has been secured tightly in case of an attack or a place where a particular belief or ideology is firmly believed and staunchly defended. Right? A place where a group have, having certain views or attitudes is concentrated. Can you see there's both? There's, there's a physical aspect to it and a spiritual aspect. We're talking about strongholds. So yeah, there's a physical side, physical fortified place. I'll summarize it. If we go to the next slide. Or a spiritual fortified place. One you can see. This is a stronghold of my home. You've got palisades. You've got gates that open when I want them to. So in a certain sense, the stronghold of my house is protected by A, B, and C. You can see it. You can taste it. Well, not taste it. You can lick my palisades. But <laughs> nothing nice to it. But to the senses, it is visible. All right. Then you've got... The invisible part or the spiritual part of a stronghold, which is your beliefs. Let's say someone come to you, they press against your boundaries, they say, God does not exist. So as a believer, you should have a fortified system in your heart. Say, I used to believe that, but then I met him. That is not true. Can you see? So you've got that defense system also working. We're talking about a stronghold. Let's quickly go to the Old Testament. Tonight we're not going to be long. I think with, with the little bit of announcement and Garmo being like an athlete through the worship set. Uh, tonight, we're going to have uh, coffee early. Who's happy about that? Uh, <laughs> worship was amazing, by the way. Thank you, Garmo and team. And especially Lisa. Shout out for being on the keys. Let's just give her another clap. We worship God. But we honor you for your endurance and mastering your instrument and bringing your gift to the house. Amen, guys? What is your gift? You should think about that. 1 Chronicles 11.5 The inhabitant of Jebo said to David, You will not come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Can you see that physical, explicit example of a stronghold? Right? 
There's another one that happens at a certain stage in Israel's history. The Assyrians conquered Israel and Judah, sent them out and plundered Jerusalem, broke down the walls, which was their stronghold. Okay? Man runs to Nehemiah, finds him in the Assyrian kingdom. Now the Jews were allowed to go back to their city. They got there. It's like coming back from holiday to your home and there is one or two bricks on one another. Okay? Devastated feeling. Jerusalem in ruins. One man goes back to Nehemiah, tells him this. And they said to me, the remnant there, this is now the people that went back to Jerusalem, in the province who had survived the exile, is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. There's a problem there. Okay, the stronghold has become weak. And this is how Nehemiah reacts. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before God of heaven. And so Nehemiah goes back. The book of Nehemiah is a story of men building a wall. It's a great story, all right? A certain stage, um, this happens. Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him and he said, Yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So they are mocking the Israelites that is rebuilding the wall. So these men are busy fortifying their city. We're going to get to it, but already you can draw the lines. As you shoot your heart. As you shoot your faith. As every area of your being should be built up and saturated by God's word. What does the enemy come and do? They mock them. If a fox go up, it will break down their stone wall. All right? But, just a few of us on, but we build the wall. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. So in a physical sense, they came together, and they started to fortify or to rebuild their stronghold. Can you see that? Now, if you had to attack a city, if you had to attack a city that's built inside these walls, and this was your weak wall, right? Then if the enemy has done their homework, or if they had uh, someone on the inside, an inside man, they would attack on the side which the wall is weak, right? And so even if you go in the book of Nehemiah, you'll see a chapter and you wonder, who would include this in the Bible book? They said, no, this family built that part of the wall. This family built that side. And at one stage it says, yeah, there was a bunch of guys that didn't build well. Okay? So because it was of great concern that the wall would be strong all around. All right? Just keep that in mind. The enemy will attack through a weak wall. Now, we're moving from physical to spiritual, and then I'm going to give a few examples. We're going to apply it, and we're going to ask God to open our hearts to understand these things. Spiritual strongholds in the New Testament. Are you with me? Right. Now Paul goes, and he writes. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, the physical, like the physical wall of Nehemiah, what we can see, like my palisades, we are not waging war according to the flesh. 
the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, the moment you say that to a Jewish uh, uh, audience back then, they would understand this language of a stronghold with the wall, a fortified place with God. But now he says, no, no, we're not going to talk about things you can see now. We're not going to talk right now about things that, that can be touched or picked up or felt. We're going to talk about spiritual things. And then he says, to tear down strongholds. And now they're back to walls. But now, no, we're not on that topic. Can you see what he's doing here? He's shifting a gear. And he says, this is what we destroy. This is the strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, which should be a wall, a stronghold. These things raised up in your eyes, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in such a way that it wants to conquer the stronghold of your faith. It is raised against what? The knowledge of God, all right? There's a fight for truth going on here. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every one of these thoughts captive. So everything that you can see in the physical that can be explained from ancient Israel, he is now relating to your heart, your spirit, your unseen faculties, yeah, in your heart, right? We destroy these arguments. So let's just make one or two statements, see if you agree with me, and then we'll carry on. In your life, you have strongholds of beliefs. Do you agree with me? You believe certain things. At certain stage, there was a lot of white people who wrongly believed they were better than others. Are you with me? Some of them remain. Is it right? No. But it is a stronghold in their minds, which the gospel should conquer. Amen. If you go to Rwanda a few years back, there was a genocide. Two different groups killed one another. There was a belief built. There was a fortified belief given to the people, ministered to them that they are better and that they should totally and utterly take from the face of the earth this other group of people. And people believed it. A leader rose up, another one, another one. They gathered thousands and people acted on it. All right? In your life, you have strongholds of beliefs. This, these can be good or these can be bad. All right? At the end, what you truly and dearly believe will address how you act or it will lead to certain actions. Are you with me? Now, these strongholds or beliefs originated from a thought that became thoughts and were invited by you as truth. It then becomes walls of definition in your life. These are the strongholds Paul are talking about. All right? So let me, let me just share a few examples devotionally. You have to understand in this Corinthian letter, we spoke about them a while, the last few sermons. He's speaking to people that does not know God. And they've got a lot of beliefs. These are the people that came up with Zeus and all his friends and girlfriends and stuff. Okay. 
Now he's bringing the gospel of Christ and says, guys, these strongholds should fall for you to see Christ and accept him. These gods will not save you. But we've been taught it from being a young age. all we know. We play Zeus and whatever God's name is in the streets. These kids, they've been raised like that. It's a stronghold. They should fall on the face before Jesus. This, this is where he's at. Now, in my life, I'm going to share a bit from my own life. I've got a stronghold in my life, a good one, a godly stronghold when it comes to my marriage, all right? Because I had the privilege of meeting Jesus six or seven years before I got married. So he had a lot of time to build into my heart what it means to follow God, to love him, be intimate with him, and what it means to be a godly husband. I heard at least 50 sermons on marriage before I got married. And I opened my ears every time. You see, because I was building into my life what Scripture teaches me about myself, about God and marriage, and I opened my heart to it. So the time I got married, I had walls around my marriage this high, and there was walls built by Scripture, each brick. Now, on, the, on my way to my wedding, or to my marriage, when I was in my third year, I was already single for more than two years, I did have a relationship that did not work out, and I think it was sin. If I think back, maybe I heard God's voice saying, no, don't do it. It wasn't a bad relationship. She was in church. I was in church. It didn't work out. Okay. I built my wall. Yes, Lord, I wish. If I can go back, I, 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 I heard you, but I didn't obey. Please forgive me. Boom, another brick. I should listen to God. Can you see that? But at the day, at the end of the day when I got married, never in my life, have I ever doubted my marriage since that I got married? I've never doubted my wife. I've never doubted the fact that she's been given to me by God. I never ever doubt whether she loves me or not. I don't get jealous of my wife. I've got high walls around my marriage. It's been put there by God through the leading of a spirit. We will be together until one of us dies. Settled. Done. Nothing will change it. And you know when you know you have high walls? When you have a good fight. <laughs> Not just after your marriage ceremony, you're dancing in the fields. Enjoy that, please. But you get tested when you've got a good fight. And there's tears and maybe some flying objects. All right? <laughs> doesn't happen in my house. It's other people's homes. Caleb it alweer goed gegooi. Excuse me. I'm just fooling around. And we've, we've, we've had some conflict. I mean, we're people. We're not superhumans. I'm not different than any one of you guys. Anyone. I often feel bad. I'm saying, like, God, how can I preach to these people? They're better people than me. Some of them pray more than me. God says, no, I've given you the job to preach your death. Okay, God. But we fight. Never once has the word divorce been used in my home. It will never be used. It should never be used in your home as well. If you've done it, you should apologize to your wife, to your husband. Even if you said it once and they said it 20 times, you take ownership. You don't say it. 
But never have I thought to use it as a bargaining tool. I have high walls around my marriage. It is a fortified city. It's a stronghold. The other way you know it, if you're close to me, some of my friends will speak to it, is I've got good and healthy relationships with good boundaries with, with the wives of my friends. Because what comes out of this city is unavailability. And so there's, there's innocent friendships and jokes, and that works. I'm not tensed around other women. I'm not faced because I've got a high wall around my marriage, which helps me to have healthy relationships with other people around me. Can you see what it means, how important it is for you in every area of your life to build strongholds according to Scripture? Amen? That's an example of a good stronghold, what you need and what I need in my, in my life. Amen? Let me just give you another example. James 5 verse 6, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. All right. Now, let's say, for example, you, you, you become a believer, you read this, and you make it a part of your life. Because it should be. We're talking about accountability here, right? You believe you've got some bricks, one on top of the other. It's becoming a high wall. I will not hide sin from those around me. I will go to them that I may be healed and forgiven by God. And you build it. You repeat it. You start to act on it. And you build a high wall. When you fall face down, when sin catches you off God, you'll be okay. Because what will come naturally to you is you'll run into fellowship, you'll run into light because it is a stronghold. What does the enemy want to do to you? He wants to isolate you, get you in the corner, and beat the living daylight out of you. And do it again. Until you want to put an end to it, whatever that is, that relationship that job, or your life. Never get isolated. Now this should be, oh, there goes my slide. We've got a little bit of issues with the thing that sends a signal to the projectors, but they're smart there at the back. I'll just read it again to you. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. This should not be nice to have someone to hang with, talk about God. It is an essential part of the survival of your faith. Therefore, your life, your family, your marriage, your workplace, your passions, your finances, your everything. You cut this off, you cut off the light, the water and lights out of your life, out of your faith. Okay. Second part of that is... Um, no, not that one. Number 11, please. It says the effective, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Another one of these is one around prayer, for example. Those, the people that have built into their lives this conviction that prayer is powerful, 
Prayer is amazing and prayer moves God and moves you. What do those people do? They pray. <laughs> because it is the stronghold of their life, of their faith. I must pray. If I don't pray, what will become of me? And so they say, Lord, I'm coming to you into prayer. I need you. You see, when you don't have that fortified wall, it is so enemy easy for the enemy to tell you not to pray and you won't because there's no wall can you see that so sometimes a day goes by and it happens when i do not pray and you know what it feels to me like someone came with a very big hammer and just <laughs> demolished a part of the wall in my life spiritually. I feel violated by myself. I don't feel, I don't feel condemned. I don't feel God is mad at me. I'm like, how can I, how can I punish myself like that? And I, and, I, and I say, Lord, please forgive me. I just want to repair this wall. And I get my hands dirty and repentance and pray. And I build that wall right up. So that if it happens again, I feel that hole in the wall again. Because if I leave it, I will not realize as the enemy is walking in and out of my life. Every day, full access. Three, four, five, six days without praying, it's done. Takes you three months to come to that revelation. Oh, I stopped praying. And your house is empty. Spiritually, no TV, no kitchen sink, everything is carried out. You are. <laughs> and your techies, Nicolene. <laughs> So what am I saying? Just as you should think about fortifying your home, so much more in the spirit, your spiritual life. What does it help your house? It's got great palisades, all right? An awesome electric fence that shocks cats, dogs, and doves, everything. You've got... SSA security and Roman, you've got everything sorted. You've got panic buttons everywhere. You think you're pressing play on the TV, then it's a, I mean, you are organized. But spiritually, you are open. That's art here. And if I think about it honestly in my life, I have to say, sometimes I am like that. And then I've got James. <laughs> Therefore, confess your sins to one another. I've got ability, accountability people in this church and outside. And I'd say, I'm worried about my prayer life. I need to repent. Pray for me. Boom. I'm rebuilding that wall again. Okay. So those are the walls, those positively strongholds in the mind. So, and, and I'll say it with, 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 with humility and trust in God. If the enemy wants to tempt me, when it comes to my marriage, he's wasting his time because the wall is really strong and big and I must stay humble and even build it more, all right? But here's my question. There's many areas in our lives. There's many areas that, that draws the attention of our hearts, all right? Where will the enemy attack the wall? On the weak spot. So, if, for example, my marriage is fortified, the enemy might walk around my life and say, but where is the weak wall? And that's the area where he will attack. Where he would want to take the stronghold 
of my life. Okay, and each of us seems to be, and I've used this example a lot of times, you know, like for girls, I don't understand it, shoes, it's something. It's, it gets you to take that credit card and you're <laughs> take out a card and a card and a card. I, I, I mean, I've got one pair of shoes, you've seen it every week. When, this, when there's holes, I'll get another pair. Shoes is not my thing, okay? But for women, I mean, you, you mark like us, whoop, this is landslide. And, and, and um, we are all different, all right? So we need to become self-aware as we worship God. Does that make sense? Okay. I just want to give you an example of, of this in Scripture. So Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, guys, who, who does the people say I am? What's the word on the street? What do you hear? And, and they start to give him answers. They say, no, but some say you're Elijah. You back, some say John the Baptist. And then he says, so who do you say I am? And of course, Peter has something to say. He's got a great answer. And um, then Peter says, you, we say that you are Jesus. You're the Christ, the son of a living God. Not Elijah, not John the Baptist. That's the right answer. Jesus answers him and says the following. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That's Peter's other's name. I like Peter more. Um, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. You have encountered heaven, and the Father has shown you that I am the Christ. You are right. Are you with me? You could say he's a believer. He rightly knows it's a Christ. He's already following Christ. He will make a lot of mistakes in his life. A, a few verses later, he tells Jesus, no, you should not die on a cross. This is what Jesus tells him. He says to Peter, <laughs> get behind me, Satan. That's not nice when someone tells you that. Let me tell Just if you don't know, okay, it's, that's an insult. You are a hindrance to me because you have to die on a cross for us to be here. Amen? Peter did not know. You are a hindrance to me. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You could argue, Peter's already a believer. God has shown him through the Spirit that Jesus is Lord, but he does not yet possess a mind with high walls. Each one of us here, you cannot say I'm a believer. I'm not open to demonic influences. I'll tell it to you straight. Demons are a reality. We don't want to make them the headline of our church, and they should not be. But you are not removed from demonic activity in this world. Even Peter at the moment, in Christ, in God's presence, is influenced by demonic Activity and Jesus says, Get behind me. That demon that just spoke, out. We need to build high walls. All I'm showing here is that it will be a process of growth in Peter's life, and it was. Amen. That amazing work in my life and in your life. All right. I want to just read this again. For though we walk in the flesh, slide 13, we are not waging 
war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, which is arguments in our minds, which become beliefs, and we act on them. All right? The agents that would carry and advance these, the strongholds which are not from God, would be evil spirits or demons. They would be the ones planting and sowing thoughts and ideas, leading you to trust on them, especially those that are not true, so that they can exalt it above the word of God. That is their heart. So can I give you one or two examples of what a stronghold looks like when it's not a good one? Can I do that? Okay. I'm always trying to drink this water without ending up with the lemon in my mouth. I need a bigger gap. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is I'm, I'm, I'm not taking, well, it might end up very bad, but I'm just taking an everyday example, okay? God says in his word, that he takes ownership of you. He says, I formed you and I made you in your mother's womb. You might have been born in a home that you think, God, what were you thinking? Sending a child to grow up in that home. I don't have a lot of explanation for that. Let me just tell you what, even in the sinfulness of parents, God will take the lives of those children and help them. Okay. And you may doubt, but let me tell you what God says, I formed you. And he says, I have called you. I have plans for your life. I want to adopt you as my own. So you may say, like it says in Romans 8, Abba, Father. He loves you without end. But maybe you're a, you, you, you become a believer. Let's take a believer as an example. You become a believer. Kerk is great. Yes, elke zondag daar worship hier. Swaai vlaggies, dans die hele lot. You go on missions, you go to intercession, and, and in your energy, you're actually building up quite strong walls. You're really trusting God. You're going on missions. You, he's teaching you how to pray and how to live a yielded life. And then after a year or so, you just lose a bit of vuma. And what happens is, um, let's say it's a goal, you get a thought, a discrediting thought about yourself. It's been there in the past, but since you met Christ, it's not been the highlight, but now it's coming back. And what it basically tells you, it's, it's, it's leading you to just doubt your existence. Like, just be careful on a self, self-image down, okay? You're not that great. You're starting to hear that. You see, but you've not built up a wall. <laughs> All right, that can stand. And now you're taking this lie that's coming your way. So you fail to pray for a day or two and what you hear is because I am actually a failure. Okay? And you take that thought and you have it again and you give it a, a home. All right? And slowly but surely you're starting to look at yourself in the mirror and you say, but... I'm, I'm not good looking. It started with the enemy helping you just to doubt your existence. It started here, now it becomes physical. Look in the mirror, I'm not happy. 
and you start to slowly but surely become bitter with who you are, all right, it affects more area of your life because now you need to be at different places. I don't know what every, everything girls can do, okay? It's nothing wrong to go and look after yourself. Please do it. All I'm saying is now it comes because a wall has been broken down. It's costing you a lot of money. Then your hair is this color, then that color, then like this, and like this, and this. And every time, the issue is not changing it, please. The issue is when you look, spiritually you are being told there's something wrong with you. And it is now taken control and now your finance is in trouble. Now there comes a man... He doesn't recognize these things. And you're in any case very excited because you're going to get married. And then after six months, there is chaos. Because <laughs> there is a city without walls. Because he can't have a friend. He can't work next to another girl sitting in the office because she's looking at him and she, you, you've measured it. She's more beautiful than you. And now you're getting her hairstyle. And, this, and it's all started with... A broken wall and a stronghold has been built up by the enemy telling you that there is something wrong with you and you've taken it. Now what we've said in the beginning is God's word said I formed you, I love you, I want to adopt you as, your, as my son and daughter so you can say Abba Father, you've listened to the enemy, what has he done? There's been a thought, a lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, which says you are adored and loved, and it has been lifted above God's truth. It is invading the kingdom of your heart and breaking it down from the inside. And as perde, okay? This is how these things start. And so someone would say, yeah, that person has a little problem, maybe that's true, but you see where the problem comes in is it's a problem of self. That's where it started. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And as you grow in God, you start to recognize these things. And so the issue is not that you should maybe sit with them and help them with Excel, should do that as well, but someone needs to pray for the fortification of their heart. Because that Excel sheet's not going to help. Amen? And we become bitter and jealousy takes us. Does that make sense? Same with guys. It's, you know what? We, the, we laugh at one another, but we're just exactly the same. He tells us stuff about ourselves, how we should validate ourselves, and we don't believe that we are mighty and powerful and loved in Christ. Our wives, they know it because they love us the way we are, but we can't love ourselves, so we need to go and buy stuff we can't afford. But it starts with a wall that's broken down. Are you with me? The more I want to impress her and, and show her the stuff I can acquire, the more she says, I don't care if we live in a shack. I just want to be with you, you know? And, and so God wants to speak to us through our wives because they are sometimes a bit more wiser than us. So, looking at that line that says, it's not the man with the deer out. Something that lifts, a lofty thought that lifts himself against the knowledge of God, Right? 
Then I want to ask you, you again, why is it important that you open the Word of God every day? Why is it important that as you read those words of life that you prayed, because it will show you when there's one brick missing, one brick, Scripture will help you. You only take one brick, put it in, say, Lord, thanks. Being with you this morning, I've seen it. I want to sort it out. And you're going to have to put in bricks every day because you're alive and breathing and you're not yet in the promised land. All right? But stay away from his presence and from his word. You're going to have to rebuild areas of your life every three months. And at one stage, people say, I'm giving up because now they believe. I'm rather just going to walk away from God than pretending to love him and, and then repenting for these things every, every cycle. Okay? What I'm telling you is never walk away from God because he will always have your back. But it is greater to live in a city with high walls than with a place where everyone's got all access. Amen? I don't talk to Gadamo about his song choices, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen? Um, 2 Corinthians 3. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is no invaders. Because you walked into his presence, and what did he do? He lifted the thing that wanted to blind you. Already six o'clock in the morning. That's settled for the day. He unveils. Like, ah, oh, this is what you want me to do. And he sought you out, shows you the truth. And he frees you from being enslaved to these things. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. We're going to talk a little bit about, more about that next week. You are ever changing, all right? You are being transformed, is what it says. What it means is as you are growing in God, you can actually build those walls higher and stronger. If it is going great with your marriage, make it better. Put an extra line of bricks. Set the electric fences up, all right? Get an accountability a partner or three. You've got some guys on the walls now. We are ever being changed more and more into the image of Christ because we can make these areas of our lives that seems to be victorious right now even better as we rely on Christ and just build forward, forward, forward. Make sense? For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. I just want to show you a cool thing with um, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. But, one, um, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Okay, so, wie kan help me? Ja, help me gauw sublief. Maar krijg vir my, krijg die conversie daar, hoef jy nie vir Robin Kout te laat krijg nie. Okay, so yeah, let's let's leave that scripture on the screen. Brown, we're going to go up the stage, Donna, as a belief. And then, 
Daar laat hang je daar, kom bij, dat is in mijn screen is. Of achter mij is goed als je nou. Oké, okay, so I'm being caught up in some stuff. Now, if you want to know where a broken wall is, in, uh, in which area of your life, okay, just smell where is the frustration, where is the worry, what are you thinking about, which makes you feel that anxiety again. Okay, that's probably where the broken wall is. You're either trying to keep something that you should not have or acquire something that God doesn't want you to have or you have something that you should have but you're not relying on God that he should protect it for you, you know, one way or another. But now you're not coming into God's presence and he can't show you. But what he wants to do, that first verse, it says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. You just remove the veil. So I'm coming to God and now he's showing like, as, and, and, and sometimes for us as believers, you're in the spirit, God is just saying, trust me with that, boom, and it's settled for the rest of your life. It's as easy as that. And it was there all along, but now the problem is you're not going to God. The truth is there, the help is there. God is not providing it in the moment when you go to him. He has it ready, and, and he's been waiting three months to catch you on your knees, and the moment you're there, he just shows it. It's, it's been there the whole time to help you, even before your wall got destroyed. He already provided the way. Why should we daily be in his word? Why should we daily pray? Constantly he's giving us the ways to victory, the ways forward, but we are hiding it from ourselves. Are you with me? Thank you, Brown. Amen, Robin. So I want to pray for us tonight. And uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to just walk on this topic for a while. Just, in we're going to do it for a few weeks and we're going to take it to prayer. And I'm really trusting for us to move from the flesh to the spirit, as simple as that. Yo, people are so clueless, eh? I don't want to be rude, but they say with a full heart one day, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Boom, two weeks. There's just no walls. There's just, there's just no walls of conviction and, 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 and the presence of God often in the lives. And sometimes it's Christians. If you look at the marriages today, it is a fiasco. Two people promising before God. Ugh, weeks, months. We're clueless because we're in the flesh. We should move to the Spirit. The walls for my marriage is built in the Spirit. It's not built on income with a budget that works. It's built on walls that's unseen in my heart. And so it should be for you and every area of your life. Whether it's you wanting to start a business, whether it's you wanting to really do amazing work for God, it has, you need to go to the Spirit and build high walls because they are coming to walk around your walls. I'm 
trying to make you scared. It's just a reality. We must talk about this. I want to take your business away. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take it for him. Make it thrive for him or just kill it. To hurt you. Build the walls around it. And so every area of your life. Let's stand up and let's just present our hearts to God. Guys, I just want to say that God really, really loves each and every one of you. And it's not a sentimental love. There's no where he says it's left for my and, and, and it's a pie in the sky. And he's given you and me tools that is extremely mighty that will change the course of your life for the good for the good or help you to stay on course he has given everything it's been supplied okay you and I need to be unveiled by coming into his presence scripture says he's already made a public spectacle of Satan okay the only thing we must do is we must follow him into victory he'll do the fighting we do the following and the best we can through prayer and the, and the word not be distracted by things that is meaningless but for that you have to be in the spirit or you will be running after nothing until you die amen and once it gets you it's so hard to come out of it so let's close our eyes and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us Holy Spirit please touch our minds our hearts I just repent for all of us Lord we are foolish people it's so easy I've said it many times I've got a wandering heart the attention of my spiritual center is so easily disturbed often with the temptations of the enemy and, and I wander in my spiritual eyes and my heart and so forgive each one of us Lord it looks different it feels different for each one of us and, and, and some of us has got high walls in certain areas and some of us has got no walls in other areas but for each one there is help tonight forgiveness and the rebuilding of those walls of those strongholds And so I want to pray tonight for us. And I'm included in that prayer. If you've got a wall that needs to be rebuilt, quickly put up your hand. Okay? Now while your hand is up, what I want you to do is I want you to ask the Father to forgive you that there's no wall there doesn't matter what people tell you they want to make you feel good no it's not your fault it is your responsibility and my responsibility 
fortify our lives. All right? It is my responsibility for the condition of my heart in my marriage, and so it is yours. And so what I want you to do is whatever that area is, you just say, Lord, will you forgive me that I have not built a stronger wall here because I've relied on other truths that was lifted against your truth and then I chose it. Because maybe in the short term I thought it would work. It was more, it was easily accessible. Lord, I'm sorry, I got tricked. Whatever that prayer looks like, you just say it. Make sure your lips move. You say, Lord, you just forgive me. And then you pray the following way. You say, Lord, now open my eyes. I've been building in the flesh. Now I want to build mightily in the spirit. But if you don't unveil, if you don't show, then I cannot build. You will rebuild that wall in the spirit. You can lower your hand. Lord, and tomorrow or tonight when they open the word, here's a promise from God. I don't care what scripture you read tomorrow morning. You go sit and open the word. You ask the spirit to help you. He will build that wall that you prayed about. Because he's all knowing and all powerful. You just open the Bible and you read. And you take the truth. And every other thought that lifts itself against the truth, you say, not welcome here. You must go in the name of Jesus. Yo, Lord, and I just sense there's a few people here that the walls are so broken down that they think forever they'll have to deal with that part of their life. It's going okay, yeah, and they've got some control here, but that area will forever be hopeless. And I just want to say, that is so not God. That's a voice lifted against the truth. The truth is, if you come to God and you repent, that whatever was broken, He will rebuild. Whatever at this moment you sense are broken down, He will rebuild it. So strong, so strong that you will overflow with testimonies to this world about the kindness of God. Teach us about these strongholds, Lord, in the next few weeks. Help us to fortify our faith in our lives. And I just surrender to you, Holy Spirit. I just surrender to you, Lord.